And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me on the phone line today is Pastor Troy Green of the King's Chapel in Brooklyn, New York. Troy, it's great to have you with us today. Well, thank you, Dan. It's a delight to be with you. You know, I just uh, we just made each other's acquaintance uh, this past Lord's Day when uh, you were filling pulpit at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, and uh, I realized, well, I like this guy. We got to get him on a plain answer. So I'm I'm delighted to have you here today. Well, it was a delight to preach for you guys and and to build uh, connections with your church as well as ours. And uh, you know, we work on the same side, and we <laughs> desire to spread the kingdom of God. And so it's a delight to meet fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I was delighted to be there. Amen. Uh, during your sermon, you touched on um, several subjects, and one particularly piqued my interest, and I thought, you know, that would be a great discussion for a plain answer. And it is the subject of the kingdom. Um, We serve our Lord Jesus Christ, um, the great head and king of the church. And Troy, I'm just wondering if you can share with the listeners, to get us started, um, as Christians, as we speak about biblical themes and this, in particular, this theme of the kingdom. Uh, what are some of the things that comes to your mind that would help us better appreciate that uh, as believers? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the most basic points that needs to be remembered uh, by Christian is when we say the kingdom, uh, we mean precisely that. It is, in fact, a kingdom, and a kingdom is made up of, of not only just people, but institutions and uh, and all parts of life. And so there's a tendency when we say the kingdom of God, especially coming out of modern American Christianity, the tendency is to um, internalize, internalize that reality instead of realizing that we are, in fact, establishing the kingdom of God on earth. Um, and what that would mean is that because Jesus Christ is the king of his kingdom, He is commanding all aspects of this world to be brought under allegiance to his kingship. That means not only just the church, for example, or individuals, um, but also families, uh, politics, the state, the institutions of this world, education. All aspects of the world, what we consider um, to be the world, uh, are to be brought into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a tendency, like I said, within coming out of, um, especially out of the 20th century, there's a tendency to to jettison, or you could say sequester, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ's kingdom to only dealing with the church, or maybe only dealing with someone's personal spirituality, and therefore it's supposed to not have any relevance upon other aspects of life, say, for example, politics. And that's what um, I think uh, I'm, I'm combating against, especially with our history um, uh, of Reformed theology, of, of building our lives upon the Bible. We want to say, no, uh, we understand the gospel to be bigger than just individual salvation, mm-hmm. encompassing all the world. Yeah, certainly um, um, we have... Um way back in Genesis, and I think it came into your sermon, as I recall, um, when God created mankind, 
uh, he did give them what theologians call the the dominion mandate, that of um, working with this world that God had made, being um, kind of like the commander under God himself as we as we uh, make things and and name name animals, name things and I think that um, um, the way God has has wired it, <laughs> if you will, um, exists to this very day. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. I, a matter of fact, not only does it go back to Genesis, but this is something that Jesus himself emphasizes in his parables. Uh, for example, in Matthew 13, under the parable of the mustard seed, where it describes the kingdom of God as, as planted like a mustard seed, but it slowly grows up into a, a tree. Mm-hmm. And then it says that the birds of the air, uh, you know, they, they come and they find their nest or their, their resting place in those branches. Um, well, the, the, the birds of the air, in that analogy, using some of the symbolism of the Old Testament, are speaking about Gentile nations. Uh, so here you have full or, or, you know, whole kingdoms, if you will, with kings or maybe even dictators or maybe even representative republics coming and finding their nest or their, you know, their, their peace, housing themselves in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're finding that the, the lordship of Jesus Christ uh, reigns over them. And this is something that should be emphasized as Christians, that you know, the gospel goes forth to all the nations to disciple the nations. We, we're not just interested in converting individuals, although that is extremely important, we are interested in influencing them and discipling them uh, under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We see this, for example, in Acts 17, how the gospel is preached, and they said that, you know, we, we've come to proclaim King Jesus. And it's interesting that the civil authorities listen to them preach their gospel, and in Acts 17 it tells us that uh, they say, well, Okay, let's go ahead and arrest these guys, <laughs> because they're acting against the decrees of King or Caesar, you know. Um, yes. And that, and that, you know, and I said that there's a tendency that we want to say, oh, no, 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 that's just a spiritual kingdom. Uh, that, that's the modern Christian answer. Yeah. Now, I'm not here to influence your politics. I'm not here to influence this or that. I'm just here to say Jesus is a spiritual king. And, but we don't see the disciples do that. The disciples are actually arrested. You know, they yeah. don't mind being arrested. You know, because because Jesus' kingship is is a way of saying, regardless if you live in a representative republic, a democracy, or even under a monarch, all of those laws, all of the institutions under that particular kingdom need to come find their rest in the mustard seed Mm -hmm. uh, branches. And so we're saying that those decisions need to be checked with King Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what the gospel does. It establishes his superiority, his sovereignty over all the world. And it's the world's um, responsibility to recognize him as ultimately the king of kings. Yes. Well, what we'll do is we'll take a short break. Today we're talking with Pastor Troy Green, and he is the pastor of King's Chapel in Brooklyn, New York. And we're, we're looking at this very interesting subject of the kingdom and what Jesus talked a lot about in the New Testament. So stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. To be heard, but to hear what you would say, word of God speak. 
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Pastor Troy Green of Brooklyn, New York. We're talking about the biblical topic of the kingdom. And uh, Troy, prior to the break, you uh, gave a good introduction to uh, this idea that really Jesus preached of the kingdom and the disciples followed through on and how that Um, oftentimes it had negative ramifications as they attempted to obey King Jesus. Um, What I'd like to do now, just briefly, is to look at how does this flesh out for us today, and uh, maybe just uh, say, you know, suppose a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ and starts uh, living according to the rules of the kingdom. <laughs> uh, how might this flesh out? What what kinds of things might we see happen in their life as they obey King Jesus? Yeah, yeah. That, and, and, and thinking of it in terms of kingdom, and also thinking of it in terms of Jesus being a king, uh, I think the, a good word to describe our relationship to Jesus is allegiance mm. as, as the highest allegiance, and I think this is going to become more and more important, uh, especially with changes in our government and changes in our society. And many aspects of our society are becoming more secular. We're going to be asking ourselves a question: You know, who who is my allegiance given to? Mm-hmm. to determine what kind of decision we will make. So, so for example, uh, we've seen changes in the law with marriage. Well, what does it mean to be a Christian pastor if the law says that you are obligated to, you know, perform homosexual marriages? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the, the response is, is well, uh, my highest allegiance is not to the state's laws, yes, but it's to King Jesus' law, to his word, to the Bible. And so therefore, it's a question really of, of allegiance. And who is who is my allegiance given to? Ultimately, it's given to King Jesus. And of course, if Christians are persecuted for that, we, we will 
uh, be persecuted with joy in our hearts and, and ultimately seek to reform all of our lives around us. But even if you put that aside, if you're not a pastor, just think about it in terms of business or military or politics. Let's say it's military, for example. You know, um, you know what, what does it mean to be a Christian in the military? Well, if you're in the military, you've, you've taken an oath to submit uh, and to, to defend the Constitution, to defend the United States. But what if you are commanded by your superior officers to do things that are unethical? Mm-hmm. They, you know, we had to deal with this recently uh, in the past 10 years or so, is the dealing with the, the issue of torture. What if you are commanded to torture someone? Well, you know, this is where we have to ask the question, well, what does it mean to have a, an allegiance to King Jesus, first and foremost? It means that we don't just do things uh, because we're commanded to. We, we do them because we've been commanded by King Jesus, first and foremost, to not participate in things that may be unethical. Um, you can think about this in terms of voting as well, and politics, or the decisions as a policymaker, if you're in law. Say it's the marriage situation. Uh, is it wrong to allow for homosexual marriage? Well, yeah. Why? Because King Jesus says it's wrong. Yes. And therefore, we don't vote along those lines, and we don't um, support policies that uh, try to undermine the law of King Jesus, which rules over every aspect of the world, mm. including the political decisions that are made either in our country or any other country, for that matter. Mm-hmm. It's little things like this that the, the gospel, our allegiance to King Jesus, is ultimately going to be tried. And we have to ask ourselves, do we submit to the state just because the state says something is right or wrong? Or do we ultimately submit to King Jesus, whose law is the one who says, no, the state's laws are right or wrong? Um, you can even think of the civil rights movement, for example. Um, you know, why would we have to fight against uh, segregation? You know, who's to say that that's, that that's wrong? You know, the law of the land at the time was you segregate the schools, black and white. But the only reason that you could fight against that law legitimately is because there's a higher law mm. which says in the kingdom of God there is no Jew nor Gentile. There is no black or white. So for you to have laws that are unjust, it shows that we have a higher court of appeals that we can appeal to. And that's, that's the sovereign throne of King Jesus that says these decisions are wrong and they need to be corrected. You know, that uh, that perspective, I think, helps us understand a little bit better what Jesus was talking about, too, uh, when he said, render unto God the things that are God's, and unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And I think the commentary that comes to my mind is that if Caesar's law uh, does not violate the law of God, certainly then we, we render um, obedience to Caesar, as the authority that God has placed over us. But if we have the case where Caesar's law, uh, like in Moses' day, let's say, uh, where the little babies were being killed, and um, um, so Moses was hid, <laughs> and, and his parents were lauded by God as, as having that civil disobedience that, that honored King Jesus, honored uh, the sovereign God, the triune God of the Scriptures. And so uh, I think that's how they rendered unto God the things that are God's. 
Right. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. The, the challenge to the Caesars of the world or any um, democracy, for that matter, um, you know, all, all institutions like that, is not so much that they, are, they have authority. That, that God, you know, God tells us to honor the emperor. Sure. So, so that's, it's a God-given authority. The question is, do those emperors and those government institutions submit themselves to King Jesus? Yeah. And to the degree that they do not, that's why we pray for them. That's why we seek to reform them. That's also why we seek to vote uh, as Christians to to improve our world, to improve those institutions. Because to the degree that those institutions reflect the law of King Jesus, is to the degree peace and liberty and righteousness will spread in those regions. Mm, that's an excellent point. Um, I. It's in some ways it's almost sad that we have to have this discussion. I'm thinking that our forebears in the Christian faith, uh, perhaps uh, I'm thinking now the Puritans, um, who came uh, came over to this land many years ago, um, probably would have this as second nature. They would realize, no, I'm I'm here because of King Jesus. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think what it's important, too, especially Christians nowadays, in looking to evangelize or share the gospel, if the gospel is man- primarily a-, a matter of allegiance to King Jesus, I think we should use words such as allegiance. We, we-, we have this way, uh, especially in evangelical circles, of saying, you know, you need to repent of your sin and accept Jesus into your heart. Mm-hmm. And-, and I think that that's, that's okay. You know, by all means, preach the gospel, and if you use words like that, I think that's sufficient. But think about that. Um, accepting Jesus into our hearts <laughs> is is really, number one, it assumes that Jesus is the one who needs to be accepted. Yes. And Jesus doesn't need to be accepted. Jesus is king. The question is, are we as sinners accepted by him? Yes. You know, and... And this is where the word allegiance becomes really important, because I'm not, you know, trying to get people to accept Jesus. I'm trying to get them to realize that they are the sinners, and they need to bow the knee before the king and give their full and total allegiance to him, mm. so that he will accept them in his kingdom that he is establishing on this earth. Um, and so I think it's little things like that in how we use language to describe the supremacy of Jesus Christ over every aspect of our lives that help us understand that the decisions that we make are not outside of the kingdom of God. They are either judged by God's kingdom as right or wrong, but you can't dethrone Jesus. Jesus is on the throne. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to bring our lives and our institutions into conformity with his plan, in order that the world can be made right. Yes. You know, I, I um, sometimes I kind of worry a little bit about what may lie ahead, and I shouldn't do that because uh, God's in control, and yet I, I realize, as I think many Christians sense, that um, as a nation we probably are at least close to, if not act, actually under the judgment of God because of our, our many sins uh, against him and, and against his righteous laws. And um, God does not sit idly by. And I hope and pray that we have another great awakening in our day. But if we don't, and it keeps going the way it is, uh, we very likely will be faced with making a decision 
and that is who really is our king? Where does our allegiance lie? Um, you know, we're not trying to pick a fight at all. Not at all. We're peaceful. We love God. We want to serve God in freedom and peacefulness. But if the state, as it were, quote-unquote state, you know, requires us to disobey um, the Lord Jesus Christ, then some tough decisions, and actually they shouldn't be so tough, frankly, but, but we'll have to make some what will be very dire decisions because um, Caesar, <laughs> when he lifts himself up and he places himself above God, um, will be very selfish that people obey him rather than the triune God. Right, right. And I, and I think because of trials and tribulations, there's always a tendency to, uh, as I mentioned, sequester Jesus into a, you know, either into the spiritual realm where he doesn't really have to have relevance yeah. to my disobedience to him in the present or, or in the po- political sphere or in the business world, if mm-hmm. I'm unethical in business. You know, there's this great book written on this whole subject by, by a Nancy Piercy entitled Total Truth, where she describes um, uh, how the kingship of Jesus has been minimized, in particular in the 20th century, um, by, by trying to you know, push Jesus off to the margins of society and push Jesus out of, of, of life. And we end up with a Jesus who basically doesn't have much to say about anything. Yes. Uh, and we are claiming that Jesus is total truth. You know, Jesus is the one who is the king over every aspect of this world because he died for this world, which means that he, you know, he, he wants to recreate it and make it new. And we are the, um, the Church of Jesus Christ that marches forward um, because we love this world. We want to see it uh, a new recreated and beautiful world. We, there's a great picture of this in, in the scriptures in 1 Kings 10, where it describes Solomon in all of his glory. And then it says that the Gentile queen, the queen of Sheba, has all these questions. And then she travels to Jerusalem, and there she sees Solomon in his glory. And she receives the answers to all of her questions. Mm-hmm. And that's a picture right there of the Church of Jesus Christ under the kingship of Jesus. If we are obedient the way that Solomon was obedient, if we follow in the way of King Jesus, then the Gentile nations of the world, the you know the queens of Sheba, the, the tribes, every tribe, every tongue, every political institution will flock to the Church of Jesus Christ, looking for answers and looking for wisdom. Mm. And that's what we do. We spread the Church of Jesus Christ we spread the gospel, and the world will find its peace in our wings. That's beautiful. And that is a wonderful summary. I see we're out of time already for our discussion today. Uh, today we've been talking with Pastor Troy Green of the King's Chapel in Brooklyn, New York. We've been talking about the kingdom. Pastor Green, perhaps someone would like to contact you. Um, maybe a website you could share with them or else an email address. Feel free to do that. Sure, yeah. Um, all of my contact information is on our church's website, the King's Chapel in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, the, the website address is kingschapelnyc.org. Okay, again, that's kingschapelnyc.org. Yes. 
That's correct. Very good. So please check that out and uh, contact Pastor Troy Green. And uh, Troy, it's a it's a great privilege to have you on the program today, and want to thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. Quick reminder to join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Also, a copy of this broadcast is up on our website as a podcast. Check it out. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org.